Yeah. Glad to see you. <laughs> Always happy to see you. Yeah. Well, friends, welcome. Welcome to a Sounds Like Radio. And I am your humble, oh, so humble host. Yeah, that's me here on Sounds Like Radio. We're here every week. We're here just as often as you play one of our shows. We've got a lot of them in storage here on the old podcast. So anytime you want to hear a Sounds Like Radio show, just go to the podcast and pick out one. But this is our latest for now, and it's from November 14th of 1951. That's when the Great Gildersleeve show was broadcast that we're going to play you today. This is all about Gildersleeve. Well, you know, them kids, uh, Bronco and Marjorie, they're going to move next door. But right now, oh, in the way of building their house on this empty lot is a big old oak tree. Oh, it's big. It's big. And they're thinking about chopping down that old oak tree. Oh, oh, I don't like that idea, but... Uh, they might do it. We don't know for sure. We're, we're going to have to find out. But if it was up to Louis Armstrong, he'd say, no, sir. Uh-uh. You can't do that. You cannot chop down that tree. Because Louis, oh, Louis likes trees. He, he likes to lay on the under the tree there, under the shade, and, and just take a little snooze. And we don't want to disturb Louie when he's taking a snooze under a tree. Here he is, Louis Armstrong, to sing about trees. I think that I shall never see a point as lovely as a dream A tree whose hungry mouth is bread Against the earth sweet flowing bread Oh, a tree that loves and God all day and lives a lively home to bring a tree that made some way Yes, a nest of robins in her head Upon whose bosom snow has lain Only God 
Yes, indeed. That was nice, wasn't it? Louis Armstrong. That comes from an album called Satchmo in Style. Great album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Louis there singing all about the trees, that famous trees poem. Louis put it to song. Yeah, you know, the tree in the Marjorie and Broncos vacant lot, it's getting worried. It's thinking, am I going to be chopped down? Am I going to be leaving my beautiful house here on my vacant lot? Well, the tree's worried, but the tree is saying, I'm moving along. Yep, the tree's facing it. I'm moving along if I can't stay here, just like Patsy Cline faces it as she says, I'm moving along. she goes. Patsy Klein. She's moving along like that tree. Well, let's hope the tree doesn't actually have to move along because, well, maybe somebody will interfere before the, the woodman comes along to chop down that tree. Maybe someone will come along and say, woodman, woodman, don't you chop down that tree. Spat. Spat for me. <laughs> and I know just the man to do it. <laughs> oh, here's the great Bill Harris, a famous song that he sang several times, and this is a, a version of it that came from an album that I bought at a used record store, and I have never seen this album available on CD. It's Phil Harris recorded what I think to be from the early 1960s, maybe the late 50s, but I think it's the early 60s, Bill Harris recorded a fantastic album called Southern Comfort. And in this album, he sings a whole lot of his hits. And he does such a neat version of all of them, like you've never heard Phil Harris sing before. And I, 
I'm going to be playing you. Woodman, Woodman, spare that tree. Here is the great one and only Phil Harris. On Sounds Like Radio. There is a tree grows near our house. It's been there quite some time. Now the tree is a slippery elm tree. And it's awful hard to climb. But when my wife gets after me up on that tree, I always roost. Well, I can go right on up it just like a healthy squirrel. I don't ever need no boost. But the other day, a woodman came round to chop my refuse down. Kept mumbling something about splitting it all up into kindling wood and then wanted to spread it around the town. So I said to him, I said, look here, my friend. Hold on, wait, desist, whoa, stop. Put down that forest razor, man. Chop not a single chop. Woodman, woodman, spare that tree. Touch not a single bough. Three years it has protected me, and I'll protect it now. Now go chop an oak. Get a birch, have a pine But save old Slippery there, that's mine Why man, that's the only tree that my wife can't climb Mr. Woodman, spare it for me I said to him, I said, Woody, do you see that hole Way up near that old treetop? Yeah, that's the one well, I got five dollars in soft money hid up there. And it's yours if you refuse to chop. Now, you see, no one can climb that tree but me. Because really, friend, whew, it's too slippery. Fact of the matter is, I can't get up there very well myself. Unless my wife is uh, after me. So I'm going to go get the little woman, and I'm going to proceed to call her a very naughty word. Then all you have to do, Mr. Woodman, is just stand by incognito, because I'm going to do a perfect imitation of a bird. Now, you ain't going to know just where I go. That is, while uh, the little woman's around. So the only thing I ask you, Mr. Woodman, the only thing I ask you, if you don't see me here on the ground, then, Mr. Woodman, you gonna spare that tree. Touch not a single bough. Cause I gonna be way up there. And I gonna drop that five down to thee. The one I promise thou. But you must make that axe behave. Because, Mr. Woodman, that tree there just must be saved. My man, that's the borderline twixt me and the grave. Mr. Woodman, spare it. 
please bad for me. Well, you convinced me. <laughs> oh man, isn't that a great song? And I really, I like that version of Woodman, Woodman, Spare That Tree. The best of all the the more famous versions that Phil recorded earlier in the 40s and 50s. He, he recorded it several times. He sang it on his radio show. But I really like that one that he recorded in the early 1960s. And I have never seen it available on CD. I was so lucky that day visiting the used record store to find that album, Southern Comfort. And it comes straight from the album. Might have even been able to hear a little click there. That means you hear, you're hearing an album play. Well, friends, it's time to get to the Great Gilded Sleeve. Uh, we're going to find out, will the tree survive or won't it? Ooh, oh, that's the question of the day. From November 14th, 1951, here on Sounds Like Radio, I am your humble host. Let's listen now to the Great Gilded Sleeve. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve is brought to you partially transcribed by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, you know, makes Philadelphia brand cream cheese. The cream cheese that's been famous for quality since 1880. Delicious, creamy white Philadelphia brand is so popular, it outsells all other brands of cream cheese combined. Enjoy it often. One of life's most exciting adventures is being experienced by the great Gildersleeve's niece, Marjorie, and her husband, Bronco. They bought a lot and are going to build a house, and they're quite happy about it. The great Gildersleeve is happy, too, because they're building on the lot next door to him. Good morning, Bertie. Morning, Miss Where is everybody? I'm ready for breakfast. I can't get nobody around here interested in breakfast. Well, I'm here. Yes, sir. I can set my clock by you, Mr. Gillsleeve. You and the eggs are always ready at the same time. <laughs> well, you know. But you think I can get Mr. Bronco and Miss Marjorie to eat this morning? I'll answer that. No, sir. What are they doing? Same thing they've been doing ever since they decided to build a house. They're in their sprawl on the living room floor, thumbing through home magazines, looking at pictures and making figures. Well, I'll go get them to the table, Bertie. Yes, sir. The way they're neglecting food, I bet they forget to put in a kitchen. Yeah, this is a big thing to them. Hello, kitties. Good morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hello, Anki. Yeah, I see you're down on the floor. You must be working on your floor plans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not exactly. We're trying to decide how we can best utilize our lot. A bronco sketching where the house will be. Is that a house? Looks more like a box kite. It's just rough, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, they'll smooth out. Let's everybody go into breakfast. Bertie's waiting. Well, we have a little problem, Anki. Oh? You see, we want the house about here. The driveway will have to go here. So I'm afraid we'll have to lose our big oak tree. Yeah. Let me get down on the floor and take a look at that. Breakfast! 
You coming, Bertie? Yeah, let's see now. So I know what's what. Why don't we label these things? Oh, all right. Uh, H is for house. Yeah. Uh, D is the driveway. Mm-hmm. T, that's the tree. And I'll put G right here at the front door. G? What's that for? That's you, Mr. Gildersleeve. You just came to visit us. Well, thank you for the invitation. All right, Bertie, all right. Say, this tree is a problem, isn't it? It's going to be hard to save. Hi, everybody. Hello, Leroy. Hey, isn't anybody eating breakfast? Well, of course, Leroy. What are you doing, eating on the floor? No, my boy, we're having a family conference. Yeah, well, let's have a conference at the breakfast table. I can think better while I'm eating. Excuse me, I know nobody cares, but breakfast is getting cold by the minute. I care, let's eat. We're trying to see where the house should go, Bertie. I thought it was going next door. If we set the house back beyond the tree, Marge, you won't have any backyard at all. Oh, and it's such a beautiful oak. We have to have a backyard for the twins or they'll be playing out in the street. Well, you wouldn't want that. No, sir. No, I guess the tree just has to go. Okay, it has to go. Let's eat. (laughs) Which tree is that? The big one in the middle of the lot there. Well, let Bertie see that. Bertie, did you say breakfast is ready? I don't know how a builder ever makes heads or tails out of something like this. Well, these are just rough sketches, Bertie. Bertie! Just a minute, Leroy. Bronco, what do you suppose it'll cost to remove the tree? Plenty. Oh, when I think about what it'll cost before we even get started, it scares me. Well, maybe you'd feel better if you ate something. (laughs) Um, do you think we'll ever be able to manage it? No, Margie, don't worry. You'll have problems, but we'll work them out. Well, problems always seem smaller after you eat. Marty! Leroy, we got to work these plans out. Oh, for corn's sake. I gotta break this up. My golly, we put so much in the lot, I hate to spend the money to have the tree taken out right now. Well, perhaps you could... Coming, Bertie! Yeah, I mean, Leroy! <laughs> Before I go to the office, let's take a look at this tree, Leroy. Pretty big tree, Unc. Yeah. I'm afraid it'll cost Marjorie and Bronco quite a bit to get rid of it. You poor kids. If it was me, I'd build a house in the tree. <laughs> Leroy, you can't ask nine-month-old twins to climb up a rope ladder. We're not raising Tarzans, you know. Hey, Unc, there's Mr. Bullard standing on his porch looking at you. You? Let him look. I'm not doing anything. Hey, he's coming across the street. Hey, what a neighbor. You wonder what he's coming over to complain about this time. He probably wants to tell us where to put the house. Well, by George, we'll make decisions on our side of the street, and I'll tell him that. Oh, boy, this is going to be good. What do you want, Bullard? Uh, good morning, Gildersleeve. Good morning? Oh, yeah, good morning. Good morning, Leroy. Hi. Get him. Yeah, I wonder what he's after. I understand Marjorie and her husband are planning to build right away, Gildersleeve. Yes, indeed. I was just trying to decide what to do about this old oak tree. Oh, yes. You know, I remember playing under this tree as a boy. Little Amy Sue and I. Amy Sue? Amy Sue Weatherby. One of my many boyhood sweethearts. Egotist. I have some very romantic memories about this tree. (laughs) I know what he's after. He doesn't want us to cut it down. Uh, what do you propose to do about the tree, Gildersleeve? Well, Mr. Bullard, this may come as a shock to you, but I'm having it taken out. You are? Sorry. I'm not. I'm delighted. You know, I thought because of Amy Sue... Oh, that's all past, Gildersleeve. I'll be glad to see it out. 
It obstructs my view, and every autumn the leaves blow over on my lawn. I hate other people's leaves. Well, personally, I like leaves. I don't. As a matter of fact, I came over prepared to pay for having this tree removed. You did? But since you're taking care of the job, Gildersleeve, I can save my money. Money? Now, wait a minute, Mr. Bullard. All we've done so far is just talk about removing the tree. I thought it was all settled. Leroy. It isn't settled. The more I look at this towering oak with all those big leaves, the more I think we should keep it. I get it, Unc. Now, Gildersleeve, there's a little... And the bigger it gets, the more leaves it'll drop. You bet. It's a valuable addition to the property. Worth money. Oh, stop it, Gildersleeve. I'll make out a check. Oh, I wasn't hitting, Mr. Bullard. How much do you think it would cost to remove it? Twenty dollars? Well, I'd guess it'd come closer to fifty dollars. Nonsense. How about twenty-five? Uh, when you stand back and see how tall it is, it could run fifty-five dollars. Gildersleeve? Thirty dollars. And then they'll have to dig out the stump. No. Yeah, I doubt if they could do it for a penny less than sixty dollars. Thirty-five? Uh, then you have to saw up all the wood and haul it away. $65. Yeah, that's right, at least $65. I'll give you $40. I'll take it. What a <laughs> Well, it's been a good day. You're glad I cashed Bullard's check. He might change his mind and try to back out of the deal. Gildersleeve, you're quite a manipulator. Bertie. Here, Mr. Gildersleeve. Marjorie and Bronco home? Not yet. Here, look what I have for them, Bertie. What's that, money? Yeah, four new $10 bills. You'll take care of moving that tree they're worried about. Yes, sir. You donating that, Mr. Gildersleeve? No, Mr. Bullard is. Mr. Bullard? It's Mr. Bullard's money. It was my idea. Just doing it to help Marjorie and Bronco. Pretty clever the way I worked it out, too, Bertie. Yes, sir. How did you work it? Well, he didn't like the old leaves blowing on his property, and he said it obstructed his view. It was worth $40 to him to get rid of the tree. Yes, sir. <laughs> Mr. Gilsleeve, you're a regular magician. Well, I'll pull a little magic once in a while. Yeah, I've seen him pull rabbits out of hats, but I never saw him turn old leaves into new money. Well, I did it, Bertie. Yes, sir. That's because you're a magician. Now you see a tree over there, and now you don't. Because Mr. Gillsleeve can turn old leaves into new money. You bet. Mr. Gillsleeve, you know why you're a magician? Yes, baby. That's right, because you can turn old leaves into new money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Houdini couldn't have done it any better. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, Bronco, Marjorie. Well, there's a lot of hilarity out here in the kitchen. What are you cooking with, Bertie? Laughing gas? <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing because Mr. Gildersleeve said you're a fine magician. Oh? What'd he do? Go ahead and tell him, Mr. Houdini. Well, I have a happy solution to the tree problem. Oh, so do we, Mr. Gildersleeve. We can save the big tree after all. Uh-oh. You can... Save the tree? Uh-huh. Unky, we went back to the lot and decided we just couldn't part with it. Yeah, we found a plan in a magazine with the house built right around the tree. The house will be U-shaped, Unky. Isn't that clever? Yes, but children, yeah, I thought you definitely decided to have the tree taken out. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve, we wouldn't think of it now. Why, that tree's at least 150 years old. I'm beginning to feel older than that. <laughs> now, what was your idea about the tree, Unky? Yeah, that was my idea. Well, speaking of trees, I have to go see a man about some leaves. 
I'd like to keep the tree too. This puts me in what you might call an embarrassing position. Marjorie and Bracco were so enthusiastic about the new plans, I couldn't tell them I sold their tree. Well, we just have to tell Bullard we've changed our plans. I'll return his money, so what can he say? Yeah, I wonder what he will say. <laughs> yes, Gildersleeve? You know, Mr. Bullard, about the tree... You're taking it out tomorrow? You, well, not exactly. When are you taking it out? You are, Mr. Bullard. The children have talked it over and decided... Gildersleeve, if you came over to wheedle more money out of me... No, 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 no. It isn't that at all. In fact, I came over to return your $40. Why? Well, we've decided to keep the tree. So here's your money. Gildersleeve, I don't want the money. I want the tree taken out. I'm sorry, Mr. Bullard, but that's impossible. Gildersleeve, you made a bargain with me. Well, in a way, yes. We didn't sign any contract. You can't legally hold me. There's nothing in writing, Mr. Bullard. Gildersleeve, I wrote a check, didn't I? Well, yes, You cashed the check, didn't you? Yes, but... What did it say on the check? Well, payment in full for removal of tree. But... (laughs) 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 Mr. Bullard, it really isn't up to me. Actually, I don't have anything to do with that tree. It's Marjorie and Bronco's property. You see... So you sold property that doesn't belong to you. Well, I guess you might say, I... I... Zeke. (laughs) Now, Gildersleeve, you understand a little law, and unless you want to be sued on any one or all of several charges, you'll remove the tree. Mr. Bullock, you wouldn't sue me. Think of my good name. If you don't remove that tree by tomorrow night, you won't have a name. You'll just be a number. With my luck, it'll be 13. <laughs> the Great Gildersleeve will be back in just a minute. Like creamy, rich, smooth frosting, luscious fudge, then here's wonderful news. Now you can make perfect frosting and fudge easily and quickly without cooking. How? You do it with Philadelphia brand cream cheese. Remember, Philadelphia brand is made only by Kraft and guaranteed fresh. No matter how hard a man tries to do the right thing... There usually comes a time in his life when he has to see a lawyer. Guess who's on his way to see Judge Hooker. Hi, George. It's nice to have a friend when you're in trouble. Especially if your friend happens to be a good lawyer. Hello, Judge. Well, Gildy, come on in. What brings you to my office so early in the morning? Judge, I'm in trouble. Oh? Has the water commissioner been caught diluting the water? (laughs) (laughs) Judge, this is serious. Rumson Bullard is threatening to sue me. Well, I thought he'd find an excuse sometime. Sit down, Gilly, and tell me what happened. Well, Marjorie and Bronco wanted to remove the big tree on their lot. But they didn't feel they could spare the money. I see. Rumson Bullard considered the tree a nuisance and gave me a check for $40 to get rid of it. Splendid. That's what I thought. Then Marjorie and Bronco decided they'd keep the tree and build their house around it. Well, what's the problem? Naturally, you were too smart to cash the check. No, I wasn't. Judge, don't look at me like that. 
help me. Well, fortunately for you, Gildy, I know Mr. Bullard very well. In fact, he's a client of mine, too. I'll straighten out the whole thing over the phone. You mean I won't have to go to court? Just let me talk to Ramsey. Isn't often a lawyer handles both sides of the case. <laughs> you, I, George, I have to hand it to you, Judge. You know your legal onions. <laughs> Hello, Rompton. This is Horace Hooker. Your good neighbor, Mr. Gildersleeve, has told me about your little misunderstanding. Yeah, a boy. I thought before either of you make a mountain out of a molehill, we'd better have a friendly chat. Good thing I came to the judge. What a smoothie. Naturally, there's no intent to do wrong on the part of anybody involved. After all, you're both practical, intelligent men. Listen to that. The judge should be on the Supreme Court. Now, Robinson, why don't you just leave everything to me? You bet. What a fine chief justice he'd make. What's that, Robinson? Well, I want to be fair with both parties. I had a feeling you'd see it that way. I'll so inform Mr. Gilbertson. Goodbye, Robinson. Oh, Judge, it's a pleasure to sit back and watch a fine lawyer work. What did he say? Gilder, my client says if you don't have that tree out by the night, he'll come over and chop it down himself. Judge! <laughs> Not only that, he's instructed me to file suit. Oh, Sorry, Gilder. When I need a lawyer, why do I come to an old goat? <laughs> in pretty deep when a lawyer can't help me. I guess the only thing left to do is make a clean breast of it to Marjorie and Bronco. Hi, Unc. Hello, Leroy. Marjorie and Bronco home? Yeah, they're upstairs. Have you told them yet about how you loused up the tree deal? Hey. <laughs> no. I'm going to do that right now. Good luck, Unc. Thank you, my boy. Actually, I'm making more of a problem of this than it really is. When I tell Marjorie Bronco that Bullard will sue me if the tree's taken out, they'll understand. Sure. Yesterday, they'd given up the idea of keeping it anyway, so it can't mean too much to them. Marjorie Bronco! Come in, uh, Thank you. Oh, Mr. Gildersleeve. You were just standing here at the window admiring our tree. You yeah. Well... Isn't it beautiful, Unky? Yes, it's nice. But if you could shrewdly persuade somebody to pay for having it removed, you could buy several young trees and spot them wherever you wanted them. Oh, no. No. We want this tree, and we want it right where it is. Well... (laughs) Look, Unky, you can count four bird nests. Yeah, but birds nest in young trees, too. Just think. Birds singing outside the nursery window. Yeah... A tree that may in summer wear A nest of robins in her hair Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, the birds will be back next spring, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yeah, that tree stays. I wonder where this bird will be next spring. <laughs> you know, Marge, someday when the twins are old enough, I'm going to hang a swing from that big gnarled limb. You well... Getting back to younger trees. I can just see the twins now, romping and rolling in its shade, and Unky dozing in a big hammock. Me? Mr. Gildersleeve, that tree has become a part of our family. The twins, Marge and me, you and the tree. (laughs) 
George. What a wonderful family. I'd never consent to having it taken out. No, sir. Neither would I. I'd go to jail first. Mr. Judge. Yeah, good. You'd have been happy to see him. He has good news. Is the old goat leaving town? No, Mr. Gildersleeve. The town couldn't get along without a good lawyer like the judge. Phoebe, Judge Hooker is a bum. Now, he felt so badly about you getting sued, he talked Mr. Boyd out of it. He did? Good old judge. What a fine fellow. <laughs> he said Mr. Bullard was glad to drop the charges. You? He preferred to come over this evening and chop down the tree himself. <laughs> yeah, he'd do it, too. Hey, Petey, I can't let that happen to the kids' tree. They don't even suspect it's about to happen. You don't care. Yeah, I tried, but I just couldn't bring myself to tell them. There must be some way I can stop Bullard. He must have a soft spot in his heart somewhere. Well, perhaps you should buy him a box of cigars with uh, his money. Peavy, I tried to give him his money back, but he wouldn't take it. It's sundown. He'll be over there axe in hand. Well, when it comes to striking the actual blow, it's hard to chop down a fine old tree. I, I had to do it once. I know. You? You know, I felt pretty sentimental about that tree, too. I became smitten with a girl, so I carved our initials in the tree with two hearts entwined. Well, I guess we've all done that, Peavy. When Mrs. Peavy and I got married, I, I cut down the tree. <laughs> Peavy, why didn't you and Mrs. Peavy leave it standing as a memorial? Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, the initials on that tree weren't Mrs. Peavy's. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it may have posed a problem for you, but it's easy for Buller to chop down this tree. He told me about Amy Sue and other girls he courted under it. But he has absolutely no sentiment about it. Well, he may not say so. But a man doesn't forget those things. Yeah, I don't know, Peavy. Time wears memories pretty thin. Look at you. You never think about that girl whose initials you carved on the tree. No, no, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> dark. I've been here quite a while and Bullard hasn't shown up. Say, maybe he's changed his mind. Sure, I'll bet that's it. He just wanted me to worry for a day or two. He isn't a bad fellow. Hey, he, his porch light just went out across the street. Here he comes with an axe. What an old meanie. Yo, that you? Yes, Mr. Bullard. What a big axe. Gildersleeve, I see you aren't going to remove the tree, so I'll take care of it. Step back. Now, wait a minute, Mr. Bullard. Uh, I've waited. Now stand back. Mr. Bullard, you can't do this. Oh? I paid you to do the job, but if you won't, I will. I'll start right here. You wait. Don't chop from this side. The tree will fall right across my driveway. Good. (laughs) Then you'll have to haul it away. Please, Mr. Bullard, chop from the other side. Well... All right. You should. 
You stop right here where it says... Hey, what's this? Hmm? What are you looking at? It's a little dark. You can't quite make it out, but there's some carving here. Two hearts entwined. Oh, let me see that. I killed a sleeve. Look at this. Amy Sue loves Rumson? What do you know? After all these years. Little Amy Sue. You're cute. I didn't know she cared so much. Gildersleeve, I probably broke her heart. Well, I can imagine. I was the town's Don Juan, a handsome lad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's look around. Maybe we can find some more broken hearts. Yeah, now, Mr. Bullard, it's getting dark. We'd better chop down the tree. Here, give me the axe. Gildersleeve, don't you touch this tree. Well... I thought you wanted to cut it down. I'll sue the man who harms one twig of this forest friend. <laughs> yeah, you better take your money back then. Here's your $40. What? Oh, that. Thank you, Gilsleep. Amy Sue loves rums. Let me look at that again. Yeah, he... Hey, this carving looks a little fresh. You guys? Wait a minute. Aren't these new chips at the bottom of the tree? Yeah, well... Ma'am? Yes, Leroy? Have you finished with my jackknife? <laughs> <laughs> jackknife? Kill the sleeve! Open the door, Leroy! I'm coming home! <laughs> The Great Gildersleeve will be with us again in just 30 seconds. Now you can enjoy two wonderful new versions of famous Philadelphia brand cream cheese. There's Philadelphia brand filled with tangy bits of fresh chives and Philadelphia brand with bits of red pimento all through it. With these two new kinds of fresh-tasting Philadelphia brand cream cheese, you'll fix tempting, delicious snacks and sandwiches more easily than ever. To get genuine Philadelphia brand, be sure you see the Red Craft K on the silvery package. Remember, there's only one Philadelphia brand, and it's made and guaranteed fresh by Kraft. Look here, Marge. You see what Unc carved on the tree? That was an awful thing to do to Mr. Bullard, Unky. I just outsmarted him, that's all. After all, there was a life at stake. The life of this spreading oak. It's been waiting here 150 years for you and Bronco to build your little home under its protecting branches. That's right, Unky. Marge. Yes? I thought Mr. Gildersleeve said they couldn't find any more carving on the tree. Is this? I I guess they didn't look very carefully. Look here, Uncle Mort. Mm, Two hearts entwined. Bronco loves Marjorie. Oh, Bronco. Oh, brother. (laughs) Good night, folks. The Great Gildersleeve is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by John Elliott and Andy White and is partially transcribed. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Dick Brenner, Gail Gordon, Earl Ross, and Dick Legrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. 
Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Question. What's the best way to raid an icebox? The answer, with Kraft's prepared mustard, of course. Because when you add a little Kraft mustard to the sandwich you make, you add a lot of tang. And here's something for you professional icebox raiders to remember. There are two kinds of Kraft mustard. Salad mustard with that delicately spiced, mild flavor. Ah, and then there's Kraft mustard with snappy horseradish added. Have both kinds on hand. Then you won't meet up with a dish, but what you'll have just the mustard to add a lot of tang. Buy Kraft's Prepared Mustard. Your humble host. He's next on NBC. From November 14th of 1951, they have the Great Gildersleeve here on Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host. That was a neat show. And they managed to save that tree after all, which was good news for the tree. Uh, and good news for Peggy Lee. Well, why? Why would Peggy Lee care? And I tell you, you know, in 1958... Peggy Lee recorded a very unusual album. Yeah, it was. And it was filled with great songs you, you just wouldn't expect Peggy Lee to sing. And she sang a song all about trees. In particular, she sang about a white birch and the sycamore tree. Oh, it's a nice song, too. Here's Peggy Lee from the album Seashells from 1958. Here's Peggy Lee to sing... The White Birch and the Sycamore. Is that Peggy playing the lute? One day when I was feeling very low My love had gone and oh, I loved him so The sky was dim The grass was gray And then I heard The white birch say Yes, the white birch said to the sycamore Did you see him walking out the door If he'd bend a bit It would help a lot Cause the trees all know What the man Will you go? 
go walking through the trees and hear them talking with a gentle breeze. I turn to go and heard again a conversation with a wren. Yes, the field mouse said to the little wren, do you think he's coming home again? If he'd bend a bit, it would help a lot. Cause the trees all know what the man The daylight go The sun had set And left a lovely glow The little sounds Of earth and sky Still give me hope That he'll pass by And the crickets chirped till the shades grew long. And the little bird sang an evening song. Then the white bird said to the sycamore, There's the key that fits to his own front door. She had me under a spell there, singing about the white birch and the sycamore tree. Now, that was an unusual song, you have to admit. It comes from an unusual Peggy Lee album called The Seashells. And uh, once again, these albums in the 1950s, they always had fantastic covers. Here's a picture here on the cover of Seashells. Peggy Lee, the background is, looks like the ocean and um, some sort of a island or something there you can see in the background and there's Peggy Lee in the foreground with a big white fur <laughs> a big white fur in front of her ah it's a great picture it creates a great image Peggy Lee the Decca album seashells from 1958 they knew how to do it back then <laughs> I'd say so ah we hope you like that one I did yeah, an unusual one, but it was a good one. You know, I was in a trance listening to that song, and you know, she she cast a spell over me. And and, and you know who else was sitting there in a trance? Warmest greetings to all. This is Bing Crosby. 
Bing Crosby, our house singer, he, he was in a trance. I had to snap my fingers in front of him and say, wake up, Bing, wake up, it's time for you to go on. Bing here, she wants to sing his own tree song. In fact, he has a neat one here called So Tall a Tree. Here is Bing Crosby on Sounds Like Radio. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. A man is high and wondrous wise, cuts a tree down to his size. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. A man may grow for all he's worth, but only trees are down to earth. So tall a tree, so small a man. A cedar can give you a hope chest. The birch, a fine canoe. The oak tree can build you a dream house where you can dream and watch your dreams come true. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. The tree you carve your name upon may cart you out when you are gone. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. A bird I know whose rent is free is happy living in a tree. So tall a tree, small a man. A cedar can give you a hope chest, the birch a fine canoe. Your tree can build you a dream of where you can dream and watch your dreams come true. So tall a tree, so small a man. So tall a tree, so small a man. The world takes life good naturedly, but life's good nature is a tree. So tall a tree, so small a man. Now if you should ask a tree what it would rather be, it would rather be a tree. Yeah, I like that one. Bing Crosby, So Tall a Tree. Now, you're speaking of unusual songs. Now, there's one you don't hear every day. Bing singing, So Tall a Tree. He liked looking up them leaves, falling down. That's the only trouble with trees. <laughs> In the fall, you get a lot of leaves on the ground. You got to rake them all up. Ooh, ooh, shh, shh. Now that's the sound of raking I like. I hate those guys who walk around with these leaf blowers. They make so much noise. You'd think they were cutting down a tree. Uh, the noise is tremendous. You'd think they could invent something that would make silence those loud leaf blowers. Oh, don't get me started on that. Well, now, Dinah Washington, she likes to look at trees, so she wants to keep her eye on that oak tree out there by Marjorie and, and Bronco. She wants to make sure nobody chops it down. Dinah Washington says, I'm going to keep my eyes on you. 
Washington, she's going to keep her eyes on you, so better watch out. She's especially, though, keeping her eyes on that tree in front of Bronco and Marjorie's, well, what's going to be their house in on a Bronco and Marjorie's lot. Yeah, it's a lot of lot, and they got a big tree on it, but thank goodness, they decided to keep the tree. Well, friends, a lot of folks like trees. Yeah, I like trees. I used to live in a house. Had a lot of trees all over the place. Yeah, squirrels running up them trees. I climbed them trees. Uh, uh, yeah, trees are fun. Uh, it ain't fun we fall out of one, but I never fell out of a tree that far. I was luckier then when I was a kid than when I when I <laughs> then this past couple weeks when I fell off the kitchen counter. Oh, that was quite a tumble. Oh, luckily I didn't hit my head. I hit my shoulders and my tailbone. So I, I sort of patted myself as I went down. Well, now there's one guy who likes trees, and here he is. Al Jolson is here to sing all about a tree in the meadow. There's a tree in the meadow 
with a stream drifting by and carved upon that tree I see I love you till I die I will always remember the love in your eyes the day you carved upon that I love you till I die But further on down lover's lane A silhouette I see I know you're kissing someone else I wish that it were me By that tree in the meadow My thoughts always lie And wherever you go You always know I love you Let's hear it for him, the great Al Jolson, and a tree in the meadow. <laughs> yeah, you know, it sounded like he really liked that tree in the meadow, too, didn't it? That guy could sing, and I mean, sing with feeling. Yeah. Well, that was Al Jolson. We heard a lot of great singers today singing with feeling. <laughs> Peggy Lee, for one, sang about that sycamore and the uh, white birch. Bing Crosby, he, he looked up and saw a tall tree. Mm. Uh, Phil Harris, he pleaded with the woodman not to cut it down because he knew, somehow he knew, Pronto and Marjorie would want to keep that tree on their lot. Louis Armstrong, he loves trees, and there you have Al Jolson. We hope you enjoyed our tree show. <laughs> maybe you climbed a tree while you were listening. <laughs> oh, maybe you even have a tree house. Did you ever have a tree house? Yeah, I had a friend who had a, a sort of a tree house. Actually, it was a shed. We would climb up on that shed, stand on, well, we didn't stand. We sat on top of the roof of the shed, and we called that our club. Yeah, that was our Eagle Eye Spy Club. <laughs> oh, we were imaginative. We'd spy on the neighbors from up there on the roof of that shed. Oh, and then when the neighbor who lived in that house where the shed was in the backyard of when he spotted us oh he got angry he came out you kids get off that roof oh we all scrambled as fast as we could so he couldn't catch us <laughs> oh but it was fun we liked being up there and uh, we would look to see whether whether his car was in the front street or not uh if it wasn't there we climbed up on that roof eh, well we had to have a, a meeting place for our club didn't we eh, uh well now that's going to do it for today's Sounds Like Radio. I am your humble host. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Yeah, there you go. I was wondering whether they'd repeat the song. I hope they did, and there they go. Yeah, hope you enjoyed today's show. Until next time, when I return, your humble host will return with 
Well, more sounds like radio or our library of sound features. Well, you never know what we're going to do. Until then, I am me saying so long for now. Goodbye, everybody.